0: Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris nee and Dave Musson and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, Snuff. Hello Dave. Hello Chris. Yep,
1: looking forward to talking about our favourite song, Snuff.
0: Um, we'll get straight into it. The idea of the podcast is very simple. In each episode we pick one Slipknot song um, and put it under the microscope. We alternate our choices. Snuff was my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the penultimate track on All Hope is Gone. Which is Slipknot's
1: fourth album? Oh, what we, yeah, yeah, we said fourth. Said four. We? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and it has a unique position in the history of Slipknot, and we're going to get right into why that is. But why I've picked it is that, as far as the wider Slipknot fan base is concerned, all hope is gone. Is their worst album? Yep. I I agree. But I still really like it, so I want to throw into season one at least one song from it mm-hmm. and I think that one of the ones that kind of best um personifies the not not controversy but the 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 split that you might get within the fan base on this album, and that to me is this song stylistically, I think it's 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 most the most notably different song on the album. You, I don't think there's anything else quite like it in in the entire discography, and I think what's very interesting about it is that it is a solo writing credit for Corey Taylor. Mm. He plays acoustic guitar on it. Uh, he now plays an acoustic guitar and vocal only um, live version of it on his solo shows. He does, in yeah, in tribute to Paul Gray. Yeah, um, so worth referencing as well that that all hope is gone is the last. Um, album with with Paul on it
1: and cory on it as well. Corey talks a lot about looking back on the process of All Hope Is Gone. I think he found it a difficult album to make at the time, but he said he also looks back on it now very fondly because of how much time he got to spend with Paul. And by all accounts, Paul did a lot of the tinkering and songwriting on on the album. Obviously, not on on Snuff in particular because it's very much a Corey song. But yeah, you can see why he would he would pick the song that is his writing credit and from an album where he got to spend a lot of time with his friend, you can see why he would pick that as a tribute.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Paul features in the story of Snuff as well. Um, and Joey too, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but the context of it is that it's the, the fifth and final single from, from this album. Um, it actually reviewed very well. All hope is gone looking back possibly slightly surprisingly given the way that that we as Slipknot fans now talk about this record compared to the others. Fours, fives, sevens, eights everywhere you know it did very well and it did well in the charts as well and it was number one in a bunch of places number two here in the UK, gold here, platinum in the US. Um, I think what we have in Snuff in particular is a song that is very good and hit me hard at the time. I was very impressed with it when I first heard it. And I think it, it's, it remains very beautiful. It remains very impressive. Look, listening back to it, it's, it's, I think I was expecting to be you know really reacquainted with that original feeling of hearing it. Mm. And I wasn't not to the same extent. So I would say there's a few of the songs that we've done in this first season where they've kind of jumped a little bit in my, in my affections. This one stayed where it was. Um, but it starts from a high base. I've, I've, I've always stuck up for "All Hope Is Gone," largely on the basis of this song. Okay, which is why it's my first pick from that record for this podcast.
1: See, this song has actually gone up in my estimation since going back to it for this podcast. I remember liking it when "All Hope Is Gone" came out, but, um, but it, "All Hope Is Gone" is not an album to I've listened to that much since it came out. Mm. Um, but really going back to it with a focus on this song in particular. It's it's just difficult to escape quite how brilliant this song is. To be honest,
0: mm. it's let's explore the the, the Corey side of mm-hmm. this whole thing because he's the only person credited with writing it. And the story goes that he was um, going over to see how Paul and Joey were getting on. Shared the song somewhat nervously with them. Joey got him to record a scratch vocal track for it, and presumably guitar as well. Uh, and then snuck into the studio in the middle of the night without telling him that he was doing it and, and laid a drum track and then played it to him. And it became what, what Joey describes as, as Corey's masterpiece. Mm. That's the
1: quote I've got.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's that's Joey's input as well as, as, as the original source material. So I think there's kind of a really powerful dynamic there as well. And... um. The the connection with Paul is really interesting, because it's become this kind of symbol of 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 their friendship, um and, and Corey's been interviewed about this. I think it was it was louder sound, and spoke about the connection and it's really powerful. And what he said was that the song Snuff means a lot to me because of him. He was stoked with that song, uh, and so proud of us doing it. He, I was so nervous when I brought it in, and he was one of the first to see the potential in it. He really fought for it. And that's a great thing, you know. We're talking about a song that that sits so apart from a lot of what Slipknot is supposed to be about, or what the, yeah. the wider perception of what Slipknot is. And there, you've got one of the chief songwriters having someone who, who you know, Joey has said very clearly that didn't really write music for Slipknot at the time, has brought this thing in that was never intended to be a Slipknot song. Joey's had his input, pulls for his corner, and it's made slipknot a more multi-dimensional band at a stroke and has really showcased the, the the all-round brilliance of of someone who maybe in the early days we just thought of as the slipknot singer has a surprisingly good voice when he sings yeah you know there, there's more strings to Corey's bow than that and and i think snuff is the moment at which you understand quite how much that means
1: yeah and it's it's their best-selling song on itunes which is interesting. Says a lot, I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's got really strange and obviously divisive reviews. I saw one on well, Metal Sucks, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, it's, it's almost impossible to believe that Snuff, a guilty pleasure prom song that Stained would kill to have written, um, was recorded by the same band that once did People Equal Shit.
1: That's funny. That's that's. I wasn't expecting there to be another Stained reference in the episode, this episode, but there's <laughs> going to be one coming up later, so uh, stick with us to hear that.
0: Yeah on the outside looking in beautiful <laughs>
1: mm. and, join us next week for our stained song by song podcast
0: <laughs> oh great yeah so and the same same reviewer also sort of um made the point that the change in sound isn't a bad thing in its own right so whatever it clearly wasn't that enamored with with snuff individually um but slip not going to all these different places is is fine and he, he disputes the quality. I would would fight him to the death over it, frankly. Um, but I think what what brings a lot of the power to this song is again, latter day Slipknot lyrically is excellent. You know, the personality of the man comes through a lot better than it did in the early days. And some of the stuff on on the first main major album doesn't do coherence as well as it does fury. And this is an entirely coherent story told for a really beautiful song. And it's atmosphere as
1: well, isn't it? It's no, like yeah. we talked about with Kill Pop. There is, there is a ton of dark, brooding, haunting atmosphere on this. I mean, the, the way the guitars are just increasingly layered throughout the song and it just builds and builds to this crescendo of the song just exploding and then dying down at the end. I mean, I, I've, I think this is joey's joey's term of it being Corey's masterpiece it's difficult to argue with that i think i think it is a in terms of slipknot's discography it's it is a minor masterpiece i just i love how they can do something so straight back and build it to the point where it's so powerful and so just huge that that this song perhaps more than any of their aggro stuff really shows quite what power slipknot have because not not many bands particularly from the world of metal not many bands could pull this off to such a plomb mm. and still still have it fit in their discography and work in their discography as well because even it might be different but it it's that conversation we've had a lot so far it doesn't sound like a stone sour song it doesn't no, sound like anything other than a slipknot song um and that that's credit to credit to Corey for writing the song initially, but for those other guys to to chip in and just make sure that it was a good fit for for that wider world. And I think this is the best song on All Hope Is Gone.
0: Yeah, I think it's certainly the one that stuck with me the most, and and you know we've we've spent some time going through everything Slipknot have done recently, and um, I still think this is the one that that jumps out at me. I mean, it's the one I always go to when I want to talk about this album mm. because it's the one that I've continued with, really. Um, so it's it's that yeah, it's that power and and realness. I think it's just you feel it when you listen to it. You feel it, um, and it's it's clearly a very personal song. Um, Corey said that it it's about someone who helped him through some shit Mm -hmm. and then let him down um so i think it's you know it's it's a a sort of very clear introspective exploration on the part of a very pretty complex dude Mm. um which although he's you know he's explained it to an extent it has left a little bit of room for trying to figure out exactly what it's about for for people like us um and i'm not that interested in the actual meaning of songs because i like to kind of put my own meaning onto them so i've had, had a look at what other people thought it meant okay remember yeah. when quora started oh yeah yeah <laughs> so i had a quick look off the head to see wow what's going on yeah. so did you, own, don't, did you
1: bookmark it on dig afterwards <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I think would put a delicious bookmark on it. um so one person says that in the song he's relating himself being the dark and the girl the light the man thinks that he does not deserve her He wants this light to stay in his life because it helped him in the past. Nevertheless, he tells her to leave. He misses her. Okay. Yep. Uh, He tricks himself by trying to say that she should leave for her own happiness, but that does not make it any better from his point of view. The meaning of this song is to get back out of darkness after you've been left alone. Right. I'm going to listen to Corey. I think I'll take his not quite spelled out, but. Given reasonably. that he wrote it as well, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's probably so, the one who's got the right answer. It's, it's a funny thing. Like I saw a really negative comment on on um, on the YouTube comments as well. A obviously. negative
1: comment on YouTube, yeah,
0: and really, yeah. Oh. I've got more of those coming up. Don't you worry <laughs> about that. Um, and it was it, it was kind of interesting that it wrote this song off on the basis of this simplicity, but it is simple and like if you just read it you might be able to kind of assume some level of kind of adolescent angst in it or something possibly i prefer to think that it's actually that the trick of this song is in its simplicity like it feels genuine it feels raw because it's so relatable and doing that to this quality and matching it to a, a a musical canvas of that quality is what makes this such a masterful piece of work.
1: Yeah, and some of the best songs of all time are simple. Well, exactly. And uh, to Sandman. smells like teen spirit. Really simple songs. Yeah. So and yeah, there they go. Yeah.
0: It could have been written by a sixth former. Well, so what? Yeah. It wasn't, was it?
1: Fun fun fact I found about this song: so it was nominated for best single at the Kerrang Awards in 2010. Didn't win. Can you guess who it lost out to? 2010? Yeah. Uh, no. The behemoth that beat Slipknot and the Kerrang Awards was Liquid Confidence by Yumi at Six.
0: Oh. Uh, okay, I don't think I've ever heard that.
1: Same here, but apparently <laughs> it's better than Snuff.
0: Yeah, okay. Maybe it's heavier than Snuff.
1: Maybe it doesn't sound like so and sour. That's probably why they
0: <laughs> yeah. did it. Yeah. I think, so l- lyrically, we need to give a lot of credit to Corey on this one as well. Because, yes, angsty, whatever. But just from the very beginning, it, 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 I think is very powerful lyrically. And again, it does it's it's coherent in a way that some of his earlier lyrical work wouldn't have been. So, I think just in terms of pure quality, it is a fantastic song um
1: the lyrics musically and i said song craftsmanship yeah. if that's a word that you know that there's so many ways that this in that simple comment it starts as a simple song there's so many ways that you could take a song like this that would <clears throat> that just wouldn't have the impact that it does in the final version of this because it takes a real level of skill to to actually build in more and more instruments and layer on layer on layer of different sounds to get the final result you get here and have it, have it be that just immensely powerful hit in the face. You could, you could easily just let it be simple and quiet all the way through. You could, you could make it overly self-indulgent, but I don't think it suffers from any of those. It's just, it's just a masterful craft of a song here.
0: Yeah, it is excellent. Um, the big thing when this song actually came out was the video, <laughs> yes. Which is it's like a short film production, basically clown-led production, um, and I think it it does a, a decent job of accentuating a good song. Um, but I remember it being the thing at the time, and it caught my eye because it's 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 kind of very beautifully shot, um, and clearly it it sort of deals with. Love and pain and drama, uh, shoe sniffing, and cross dressing. Yeah, but to me, it 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 now stands as just a, a sort of good looking piece of theater that accentuates that song. <laughs> so I, I I wouldn't be um optioning it for Hollywood. See, this is this is my other stained
1: reference. I think this looks like a stained video.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. And
1: yeah, I, I, I'd somehow missed it the first time. For my first time watching this video was in preparation of this podcast. I, I have to say, I, don't, I don't think this. I don't think it should have happened. No. I don't, really don't I, like
0: it. I'm, I'm critical of it now, but I, it was definitely a part of me connecting with the song at the time.
1: Was this the first time we saw we officially saw Corey unmasked in the guise of Slipknot?
0: I think so. I think the yeah. closest we got was before I forget before this, yeah. which was the you know yeah. the, the, the masks hanging off the yeah. the gear in the studio. I suppose this
1: it wouldn't really have worked if he was walking around in a mask, would it? No, for the vision of the video. But.
0: <laughs> no, so that was a bit of a a, a strange little thing as well. But
1: Roadrunner Records have got snuff as number six for their own greatest music videos of all time for their own. Yeah, of all the Roadrunner Records videos. Yeah. This is number six. Yeah. I mean, it's not even the best, the sixth best Slipknot
0: video. No, that's true.
1: So, yeah, I'm not having that Roadrunner. I, I, I've not checked, but I would imagine that poll came out at the same time that this video was out. I can't think of any other reason why they'd have placed it so high.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I It's a strange thing for me, because as I say, it helped me connect with the song at the time, even though I wasn't sort of thinking, oh, what an amazing video. It was just, it felt like an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like it gave the song a gravitas that it might not have had if we just kind of stumbled across it at the back end of the record. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I feel like the song is a lot better than the video. Certainly.
1: Definitely. We, we often touch on remixes and covers. Um, I've had a look through for this one. Obviously we mentioned Corey does it acoustically on his Mm. own shows, which technically counts as a cover. Yeah. Um, there's no remixes to speak of. I've not seen any other covers, although I did find <laughs> this is going deep again. But um, there was a contestant on X Factor Romania who played this as their audition.
0: OK. But the video
1: scene gives no indication as to whether he got through or not. But he did a pretty good job of it. And people, you know, the judges were not going, oh, my God, he's playing a Slipknot song. They were they were pretty enraptured by it. So, you know, good on him. Yeah. Decent. Who, who would you want to cover it? Who would I want to cover it? I've been pondering this. I've already picked A.A. Williams as, as a as a wish list cover for kill-pop and I'd, I don't think she'd quite be right for snuff. I could, as, as weird as it sounds, given what he is like in terms of being quite a jolly chap i could almost imagine jamie lemon doing something with this yeah almost maybe architects doing an doing oh, a cover yeah. of this could be, be interesting, interesting. particularly i mean it sounds it sounds like a very cruel thing to say but particularly what they've gone through in the last couple of years they've added so much emotion to their songs yeah. you know they could do something maybe even the excerpts someone who <laughs> straddle that that pop rock line a yeah. bit more i wouldn't necessarily want to see that they could probably do a version of it that yeah. would that would please a lot of people.
0: The Wurzels. the Wurzels. <laughs> okay. Tell me you can't hear it already. Well, yeah. Think about the guitar on this. Yeah, song. all right. Yeah, you can hear the Wurzels doing it. Fair. Mumford yeah. and Sons.
1: I oh, know you've just been silly.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, right. Speaking of silly, we are attempting on this podcast to rank every single Slipknot song. We are, and uh, in, or- in order to do that, we are going to score each one each out of nine add the two together and stick it in a league table. Um, I'm going to get mine out of the way here. I've, I'm sticking with um, a 6.5 for this because as I say, I've not increased my love for this song by really diving into it in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I do really like it, but I think if I were to do a personal list of all of Slipknot's song and really go into each one, I think it comes just above two thirds of the way up. So Mm -hmm. I've I've given a score to reflect that. See,
1: I've gone in on eight actually, because this song has has just grown and grown the more I've listened to it in the last few weeks in preparation for this. And I think, I think like, you, I probably started, I would have started around a six and a half, maybe a seven, but it's just really impacted on me in the last few weeks. And it's, yeah, I can't, I can't deny that it's an exceptional song. And I think it's, I think it's a, a, you can always look at it as a, as a brave thing for Slipknot to have included on an album, but I'm so glad they did because they've done a masterful job of it and it's, yeah, it's wonderful. So I'm I'm very happy to give it an eight and I, I've questioned myself whether it should be any lower, but no, I think it's better than Killpop and I gave that 7.5. So.
0: I think it comes out above Killpop, doesn't it? If we do it
1: together. So we're on 14 and a half now adding those together, which means it's gone right to the top of the leaderboard. Um, so that's Snuff at the Top, then Kill Pop and Heretic Anthem join second, then Purity, and then The Devil in Eye.
0: Nice. Take that, purists. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, if you're still listening.
0: it <laughs> yeah, won't be. They will not be. Right, that is Snuff by Slipknot. You Can't Kill Me is produced by this decay, okay, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. Cheerio. <laughs>